1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and member FDIC. So
0: now Posey ranges away and Ballinger throws it so high. There are some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy and there's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network.
1: Hello there. Welcome to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys Podcast. Sam Lumman here with Joe Shasky for episode 59. 59 Shasky, that is how many times I buried my face in my hands on Saturday watching the Giants get almost no hit by Kyle Hendricks. Uh, luckily, thank you Mitch Hanniger, for making sure that i did not get to see my first ever no hitter in person i I don't want that to happen (laughs) i'd I'd rather my first no hitter in person to be against like be any other team being no hit not not the giants uh 59 is also the john brebbia episode brebbia started two games this weekend and i'm going to start with john brebbia because they've been using him as the opener i know there's a lot of negative connotations kind of surrounding the opener but I'm kind of curious, Chesky, when you see him kind of go out and taking them out, is he kind of making you a believer of just how the Giants are using the opener this year?
2: Um, well, there is a negative connotation to the opener. There's no doubt about it. And I think it's because of a variety of reasons. It, it goes against the grain from what most people grew up with. But number two, how many times have we seen the A's trot out the opener and lose in a wild card game?
1: Yeah, you no, know? I mean, it's- they did it the one time against the Yankees. And I feel like that. They had a chance to kind of take it mainstream, and it backfired spectacularly. Absolutely.
2: And so it does have a negative connotation. But um, the one time that it did work was game five against the Giants, uh, Dodgers-Giants. Instead of starting Urias, they started an opener and then brought Urias in out of the bullpen, I believe, after two innings, something like that. So it's unconventional. (laughs) So it goes against the grain. There's no doubt about it. But then, you know, I look at Brebbia just and his body of work. I like how they're using him right now. I mean, he's an arm that you want to try to get in there every single day and to slot things the, the way that they want it and to get the other team to substitute in the middle innings and burn guys, I think it's a great
1: idea. Yeah, and I do think that the fact that it's worked sort of as well as it has, I think, kind of helps. We had Dave Fleming on last week on the Morning Rose. He kind of mentioned how, you know, again, not the sexiest idea to go with an mm-hmm. opener, but the fact that it's working, I think, makes it easier to digest. Uh, really quick, Shasky, I mean, this is – seven times they've gone to Breby in the opener. The Giants are 4-3 and three in those games. Which is good. You want to be above five hundred whenever you can. Um, in those seven games, there's the, – the pitchers in those games have a three twenty nine combined ERA across those seven games. Uh, To put that in comparison, uh, to put that into context, that's Shane Bieber's ERA this year. Uh, More so, they're holding hitters in in opener games. They're holding hitters to a 220 batting average against, which, again, context, that's what Garrett Cole is holding hitters this year. So not a perfect comparison, but you can basically say that they're pitching like Shane Bieber and stifling hitters like they're Garrett Cole in those games when they use the, the opener. Now, part of it is, of course, who they trot out how they do. So I thought the way the giants usually do it, you know, Brebbia goes one or two innings and then having Sean Manaya, he's been kind of coming in and handling the bulk work, depending on the line of construction. Manaya has really been thriving as, as the, the bulk guy too. And I'm kind of curious what you've been seeing from him lately. Cause part of the reason why the, the opener works for the giants is not just because of John Brebbia. It's because of Sean Minaya as well. Yeah.
2: Uh, it feels like they're getting the best out of Sean Uh The two year deal, quite honestly, just doesn't look good to me. I mean, two years, 24, 25 million, not the greatest value in the world, but if you're going to salvage the deal, it feels like this is kind of working, you know? And I, I can't really argue with the results, so... You know, when he gets that fastball over for a strike and then he's able to work off that and have all of his other pitches going, especially the breaking stuff, he is a nice pitcher. I see what they see.
1: Problem is, he's just inconsistent in finding the strike zone. And then the ball finds too much of the bat. Yeah. I'd be kind of curious to see the way he's been pitching lately. he's uh, six times he's come out of the bullpen in a bulk roll. Hitters are hitting 183 off of him in that time. He has completely turned his performance around. And what's great is, you know, you talk to him, he's he's keeping very much the same approach to it. You know, there's certain things that he'll change because, you know, obviously he's not starting. He's coming out of the bullpen. So he knows that it's 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 a different level of readiness. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of curious, you know, obviously the Giants need guys in the starting rotation. There's there's three guys they can count on right now between, you know, Wood, uh, Webb, Cobb, and Dee Scalfani. Alex Wood's going to be coming back soon, obviously. But they still need a, a fourth starter and a fifth starter, just a fifth starter when Wood comes back. Can Maniah maybe it's a time to maybe put him back in the rotation or do you just kind of keep status quo because it's working right now?
2: Yeah, I think you roll with what's been working personally. I, I think you put him back into that slot. Expectations become different. Um, I think it resets how he's been you know, getting ready for a lot of these games. Whatever's working, don't break it. <laughs> you know what I mean? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I, I think they should just keep rolling with what they're doing. I think you're getting the best out of multiple guys in this
1: scenario, Brebia and Mania. Exactly. So speaking of things that are working pretty well right now, let's talk about the Giants lineup, which is fully healthy for the, got fully healthy this week for the first time all season long. And I feel like this week we saw kind of uh, the highs and lows of what this lineup is capable of uh, the highs, kind of literally when they went to uh, Coors field, and yeah, you saw they, they tattooed the Rockies. They continued their dominance at Coors Field. I think they've won eight straight now at Coors Field, which is a really weird thing to say, first off. But Shasky, when you look at this lineup, when it's fully put together, how excited does it make you? And just how how far do you think this lineup can really carry the Giants this year?
2: Well, I think when they're whole and healthy, they look to be pretty formidable. I, they have a lot of difficult outs. Uh, I know Estrada's a free swinger. Casey Schmidt can be a free swinger. But when you have Lamont Wade Jr. doing what he's doing at the top of the lineup, Pretty impressive. Uh, And then you mix in a really nice week from Jock Peterson, some clutch at bats from Brandon Crawford. It looks like top to bottom, this order just has a lot of tough outs right now. Whether And and also multiplicity of bat types and bat styles, right? He's left. He's obviously patient aggressive. There's a good mix of guys in here. And so I think from a pitcher standpoint, you really have to do your
1: homework as each different guy steps into the lineup. Uh, steps Into the batter's box. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's always kind of something the Giants have always kind of gone for. And that's why, you know, we get frustrated with the platoons, but the platoons do serve a purpose in that, you know, when they have that line change late in the games, they bring guys in. It becomes a matchup nightmare for, for opposing teams. And that's why, you know, in 2021, this team was so good at kind of getting those comeback wins, mm-hmm. in part because they switch guys out late and were able will take advantage of matchups. Cool. Now, you saw it this week where they got two comeback wins in Colorado with a healthy lineup. I don't think it's a coincidence that when you have a healthy lineup, you suddenly start seeing them kind of come back in games late.
2: Well, and I thought that they pulled the trigger on uh, specific situational pinch hits that came through for them. Austin Slater was pinch hit, uh, was a pinch hitter, excuse me, and delivered for them. Uh, Wil- uh, Wilmer Flores delivered as a pinch hitter in Colorado. So that's getting back to that 2021 magic. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when you pull the right guy at the right time against the right pitcher, I mean it seems like their algorithms are working when it comes to that and so it's nice when you have a full complement of players and there aren't a lot of
1: injuries cuz you can use those guys off the bench in the way that you envisioned before the season started. Exactly. And again, pinch hitting is a big part of the Giants uh identity really ever since this this current regime, you know, took over. Well, and Giants- Sam, what about small ball? I mean, Patrick Bailey dropping down a bunt the other day. When was the last Absolutely. time the Giants Yeah. I think when was, was last was, time they earlier, did that? Earlier in May, they had another suicide squeeze. Apparently, Patrick Bailey's a great bunter. Well, so that's great to know because it's a great little tool to have. Great skill. Small little ways to nickel yep. and dime runs together like this. I mean, the Giants, they have 12 pinch hits already this year, fourth in Major League Baseball. Uh, 54 pinch hit appearances is fifth. That's always been their identity. Last year, they led the league in pinch yeah. hits with 49. Uh, Their five home runs were second in the league. Their 29 pinch hit RBIs led baseball. This is last year. And, of course, we all know how good they were uh, with pinch hitting in 2021. You know, they had, you know, 69 pinch hits, second most in baseball, and, of course, the 18 home runs, which was a franchise record. When they have their full toolbox available, Giants can do a lot of great things, you know, with their bats. There's a lot of options and flexibility they can go with. One last thing I'll turn back to you, Shasky. Another thing that uh, they're really good at doing, this team, they're really good at avoiding double plays. Yes. So they have 482 double play chances, which is defined as first and second with less than two outs. And they've hit into a double play 36 times, which is seven and a half percent. That's third best in baseball. When you have a lineup that doesn't kill rallies with a double play. I mean, doesn't really need to be said, but. Sets your lineup up very well to score more runs.
2: And the two guys we didn't reference who I thought had really clutch at-bats at multiple points this week, Blake Sable has been really good for the Giants. I'm mean, kind of out of nowhere as a hitter. I mean, defensively, not great. And then Michael Conforto has had a couple of big two-out knocks this week. And I just think that Conforto kind of flies under the radar, and he seems to
1: always put together good at-bats. Yeah, I mean, he, he, the the power he was really showing in May it's kind of come back down a little bit. But if he can yeah. get that going again, and yeah, he's become like – you look at Michael Conforto. You don't think of him as a typical four hitter, no. but he's handling that that spot well. I'm totally cool with it, keeping him in that spot. And then, yeah, Blake Sable. It, yeah, the glove is tough. I don't know what position he's gonna be playing. He's not a position. Yeah, outfield. Maybe he's a better DH candidate. Yes. Um, in terms of like. What do you want to have this team fix right now? Maybe if there's a way you get him into a full-time DH role, but then you got to figure out what you do with Jock Peterson and Wilmer Flores. Maybe those become, you know, trade chips. I know the Giants are good now, so we all want to trade everybody. But that's going to be a kind of a, a thing that the Giants are going to have to really kind of figure out over this next month in terms of just, yeah, what do you do with Blake Sable to kind of keep his back consistently in the lineup? without really giving up too much on defense. You are listening to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Sam Lubman and Joe Shasky coming at you every week with all the best Giants content out there. Make sure you're liking, reviewing, subscribing, rating, sharing, all those things because, again, if you want Giants baseball, this is where you would like to be. Got some stuff going on on the farm, Shasky, for the Giants. And uh, it's been a very exciting year for the farm system after how miserable last year it was on the farm. Uh, And the two guys making the big headlines right now are luis matos and kyle harrison luis matos is banging on the door of the giants right now just desperate to get desperate to be put on this team in 22 games he has been absolutely tearing it up uh on the minor league circuit i have the numbers around here somewhere i have too many papers in front of me so i won't really get into it but he's hitting i think like 390 in 23 games with triple a since getting called up um brought this up with gabe kapler uh before saturday's game just kind of a what they want to see from Luis Matos. And here's what he had to say.
0: A little bit more sample was off to a great start, obviously did really good work in Richmond. We asked him to make some adjustments in, in spring training. One of those adjustments was just being a little bit more disciplined or stubborn, as we've been saying in the strike zone and making sure that the pitches that he's swinging at because he has such good bat to ball skills are pitches that he can drive, hit hard. And I think we're at a place now where we're starting to see that more consistently over a longer period of time. And we like to see guys get pretty significant significant upper level experience whenever possible at this point as you know our our major league roster is pretty good on the on the outfield front between austin slater jock peterson to some degree obviously yaz and michael conforto mitch hanniger there's people that we're going to be running out there on on a daily basis in the outfield Luis is an outfielder and you know at some point if that need should arise we'll i think he'll be a consideration
1: going to be considered for the lineup. My guess is the next time an outfielder goes down to injury, you're going to be seeing Luis Matos. But when you hear that, Shasky, kind of the Giants want to see more of a sample size. Where does that kind of leave you in terms of just kind of what the Giants are doing with Luis Matos right now?
2: Uh, I mean, it's hard to be outraged because it feels like they're trying to compete for a spot and I understand that. They gotta figure out this outfield thing. I mean, like whether it means eating some of the sunken cost on Mitch Haniger to try to staple and, and get him on out of here, uh, whether it means you know creating room by finding a trade partner and eating some of the contract for Jock Peterson, who's basically your platoon DH at this point. Um, you gotta find a spot for this guy. You know, just to, the way I'm looking at it. And Conforto's on a one year deal essentially. I know he can opt in. He's been good enough to where I think someone's biting on a multi-year deal. So I think between Conforto and Hanager, one of those two has to go to free up spots for this guy. And I also would throw in there Austin Slater because I think Austin Slater has value. I do. Um, As a niche player in a pinch hit role against lefties, I understand he brings value to certain teams. it's all about the everyday development of the youngsters at yeah. this point. And so I want to see what Matos has. The last thing you want to do is a guy feeling really good and seeing the ball really, really well waits too long down in triple a. And then that back gets a little cold and gets called up when he's maybe not seeing it as well. And then he struggles out the gate at the big league level.
1: Yeah. What I kind of think about is just what they, what they want in terms of a sample size, um you know they always say you know we want to see a large sample size we want to see them doing consistently i don't know what a large sample size is for this organization what they consider a large sample size 22 games seems like it's a pretty sizable sample size my guess is i mean obviously the the giants their big thing is they want to make sure that hitters and pitchers have a good feel of the strike zone so they want to make sure the strikeout yeah. rate is at a manageable level or a non-concerning level and while the walk rate's going up casey schmidt's kind of an outlier there and where there's kind of letting him kind of sink or swim, even though the walk rate isn't maybe quite what they would want it to be. So I guess I don't know how long they wanted to see for, for Matos to really get a feel of that strike zone. But again, I, when a guys when a guys are kind of hot like that, they got off that hot start. I feel like you kind of want to see them cool down a little bit and see how do they handle that? Like, look at Casey Schmidt got off to a torrid start. And now you're starting to see him cool down. Well, all right. Let's see how you handle it. This is how this is your growth right here. If you can handle it, and you can kind of bounce back and keep the back going. Don't let it affect your defense. You're going to stick around Uh, right now. That's where Casey Schmidt is. And so far, I think he's kind of holding up. It was kind of a rough weekend for him defensively. My guess is that's what they want to see. Something similar from Matos. Let him struggle a little bit. Let him bounce back. That's your growth. All right. Now you're ready for the big leagues. Uh, Also, who was discussed uh, over the weekend was uh, Kyle Harrison. As we know, the Giants need some starting pitching help. And this is kind of what they're looking for uh, Kyle Harrison right now before they call him up.
0: Kyle obviously had a great game yesterday through a a ton of strikes struck, struck people out, pitched a little deeper into the game. I think for Kyle to be a major league option, he needs to continue to have more outings like that, obviously. be. Slightly more efficient, um, so obviously we, were, we would want him pitching into the to the sixth and seventh inning of games for us, and we think he's very capable of that. Efficiency is a major key for Kyle right now.
1: Obviously, yeah, efficiency. You don't want to be burning your arm out too much, and that's going to be interesting for Harrison because we know when he does come up, he's gonna he's gonna get some serious kid glove treatment when he does eventually make this big league roster.
2: I'm excited to see him. I mean, I really am. I mean, Dave needed a starter so bad. He's, he's got a little bit of Johnny Sanchez and a little bit of Carlos Rodon because of the big leg movement. I, I'm really interested to see him. Um, plus fastball, great breaking stuff. And he seems to have a real aura about himself as he attacks hitters.
1: Yeah. No, again, it's going it to be a huge boost to be able to finally get him into this rotation. Again, it's just like with everyone, when you see the the progression of these guys arriving, it makes you feel better about the the. the Roster going forward as a whole. Yeah. So, Jesse, before we kind of move on to our next subject, I got just a question for you. If you had to choose between watching this team, maybe focus on wins to make a playoff run, or just maybe dialing back the the playoff push intensity and just be like, you know what, let's get some kids in here and let them sink let's or swim.
2: I'm going yeah. to cut you off. It's all about development. This is all about next year, or the year after. Like, if anything, I think they need to shed a little salary so that they can acquire someone like a Marcus Stroman. They can acquire someone like a Shane Bieber uh, who would be available for them next year as well. Like, that's what they need to do.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's a very good point there, especially when they want to try and make moves at the deadline. Because, yeah, I think if you are going to make trades this year, don't make trades to help you only this year. Yes. Make sure they're going to help you for next year and beyond. You know, I, I point at the Freddie Sanchez trade as being a perfect kind of uh, a, a model for the Giants to follow. Freddie Sanchez, that trade wasn't really talked about a lot at the time. No. It, was a, it was a good trade, but It was, it would help them a little bit in 2009, but where that value really paid off was the next year in 2010. Mm. And that's what I think you want to go to now with Strowman. Yeah, they are going to have to make some, you know, financial adjustments here. Uh, Andrew Bagley wrote a really good uh, article in The Athletic about it. Basically, the way it works is, you know the the competitive balance tax is based off the aggregate, uh, not the aggregate, uh, the averages of all the salaries. The Giants basically have 11 million to play with there. Marcus Stroman will be 21 million, so that would put them over the competitive balance tax, which the Giants aren't trying to do right now. So there is going to be some finagling they have to do there. But yeah, I do think yeah the name of the game this year, it should be development. I am willing to sacrifice a couple wins here or there if yes. it means that I'm getting more at bats out of Luis Matos and. Uh, you know, guys like Casey Schmidt and seeing Kyle yep. Harrison kind of just learn how to be a big leaguer on the big league level. You are listening to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Sam Lovin here with Joe Shasky coming at you every week. Got a rate, like, review, subscribe, share. You know the drill. We say it to you at least twice a twice an episode. Before we get out of here, Shasky, uh, we got some news on the catching front regarding Joey Bart, which. The, the, the story is going in a very bad direction for him right now. Uh, showed up on Sun on Saturday, his locker was cleared out. Turned out he was optioned back to Sacramento. And we kind of asked Ka- Kapler, you know, what are they trying to see from Joey Bart right now? And here's what he had to say before the game on Saturday.
0: Be a good all-around major league hitter, offensive player. You need to make consistent, solid contact and control the strike zone. And those are still areas that Joey's working on and um, not 100% there yet.
2: I agree. I I just – he's had almost 500 plate appearances and 11 home runs, not a lot of doubles, just not a lot of power. Like, you've watched him now for a couple of years. I think he just needs a new spot.
1: As in a new team. Yeah, it might come down to that. Uh, I don't know. I know right now they're probably going to want to keep him in the system uh Kappler said later in that availability that you really can never have a little too, never yeah. have too much catching yeah. depth you mentioned you know the, the starting pitching as an example for that where you know you had seven guys coming in this year and now they have three and they're scrambling yep. so you can never have too many catchers at the same time so my guess is right now the plan for joey bart is they want to keep him in sacramento let him work on some of these issues that he's having at the plate and yeah. then again if something happens to patrick bailey or if something happens to blake Sable, i'm gonna knock on wood on that one You have another body that you can throw in there, because I mean, for all of Joey Joey, Joey Bart's faults at the plate, he's still holding up defensively. I think the emergence of Patrick Bailey has kind of shed a light on just maybe how much better he could be defensively. And you're laughing at the Joey fart comment. It was hilarious, (laughs) but. So I mean, there's still a role yes. I think you could play. I'm not sure.
2: giving up on him completely, but if I can staple him to someone else to be enticing, like, for example, let's say they're trying to shed some salary. Jock and Joey Bart for an arm for next year, right? You know what I mean? Jock and Mitch no Hanager, to- uh, Excuse me, Bart and Mitch Hanniger, Bart and Slayer. Like, to me, if you could staple him to sweeten the pot to entice someone to take on some money or one of these other players, sure. You know what I mean? But I'm not just dumping him to dump him.
1: No, no, I definitely think you're not going to release them. Cause again, you will find some value catchers yes. are important. And we've seen like, again, I always think back to his first night with the giants back in 2020. Remember when he roped that double down the left field line, you remember the sound that bat made, like, I still mm-hmm. hear it. When I think about it, granted, yes, people weren't there. So that made it sound louder, but <laughs> that sound does not lie. I, I believe that there yeah. is some sort of a capable baseball player within Joey Bart. Uh, I just think that there is a better baseball player within Patrick Bailey. And, yeah. Yeah, to be honest, I'm I'm kind of full send on Patrick Bailey being the catcher of the future right now. There I was agree. that belief that that was, that was what the Giants wanted when they drafted him in 2020. I'm not sure that was the belief. I think, you again, you can never have enough catchers, and the baseball draft isn't like – just because you draft a catcher one year and then another catcher the next year doesn't mean you're favor yeah. favorite one or the other. That's not how the baseball no. draft works. But Patrick Bailey's emergence has made it a lot easier. Just be like, you know what? We're just going to see whatever happens with Joey Bart. If we make it work, that's great. If not, we'll send him somewhere else. So, Chas, yep. before we get out of here, uh, any final thoughts uh, as the Giants uh, take on the last place St. Louis Cardinals in St. Louis this week?
2: Got to just keep hanging in there. Big week this week. Cardinals, Dodgers, got to keep hanging in there and hovering around 500. And then again, it's about development of the young players. So, continue building on those things. And I want to see Tyrell Estrada make the all-star game and Camillo Duvall. I yeah. think those are the two guys for me that I'd like to see make the all-star game.
1: Yeah, I think those two, and hopefully Logan Webb get in there too. Uh, we got an interview with Logan Webb that will also be coming out this week. Keep an eye out for that as well. And uh, this is Sam Blumen along with Joe Shafty here on the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys co- podcast. We'll be back later with another episode this week, uh, probably on Thursday. And so, uh, yeah, we will catch you on the next one.